cool. Is cool, Haley cool, 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 cool. here too? No, Haley, she's working. No, Haley had oh. to, yeah. Haley, okay. uh, Haley's schedule is off, which is, I mean, the whole point of us doing these recordings on these days at these times was so that we could, you know, roll them out all consistently. But this is the first time that uh, she's bailed on us. Aww. Yeah. No. Well. Oh, well, next yeah. time. All right. So we were talking a bit before about the articles that we wanted to talk about, but maybe we yes. should do an intro first. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we can just jump in it. We'll just, I mean, considering the nature of this episode's going to be weird already, we may as well just like, we're just going to do like a power hour. We're just going to slam through these, end up being maybe a shorter episode, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we could just like try to fit the intro naturally into the conversation. Don't you think that's a good idea? Josh, our natural born leader and host of the website scudsworth.com. That sounds like an excellent idea, Josh, our leader. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you, Carolyn, who is my wife and um, also and an awesome person. Definitely not the intern. Definitely. No, I am not an intern definitely. anymore. I've been here no. much too long to be an intern now. Yes. I Well, now I have to hire a new intern, Carolyn, who is not the intern and <laughs> is also the paramour of my good friend, June, who is also here. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, we should probably do the intro now to the show that people are listening, which is called Everything is the Worst, which is the official Scudsworth.com podcast. I don't think I like this. <laughs> which? Which part? This very stilted way uh, of doing uh, an intro, and also I don't, I don't love the whole Josh our leader thing. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel right to We're me. To <laughs> oh, trick you! It's okay. I meant it ironically. Okay, well, good because it's it it hit me in a very yucky feeling way. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a real intro. I, I, <laughs> Welcome to Everything is the Worst, the official Scudsworth.com podcast. I am fearless leader Josh. <laughs> I, I am the man behind the website at Scudsworth.com. And with me are the uh, effervescent uh, June and the immaculate Carolyn. Hello, you two. Hello. <laughs> is Immac- did I use immaculate in the right term? I don't I think even so, right? know. I don't even know. Effervescent. Come on, I showered today. Uh, well, what's with all the uh, cartoon stink lines that you're, you, you're, you're walking around like Pigpen from Peanuts? No, it's my Snapchat filter. Oh, okay. <laughs> that explains it. You forgot to turn it off. Like that, um, uh, what was it? A, uh, a city hall meeting or something in Israel where they had the cat Snapchat filter on uh, during the live stream? Um, yes, wasn't that one of Haley's stories recently? Uh, I think that was from a while ago. I, it, it was definitely one of the articles we were doing uh, when we first started. I don't think that we actually covered that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. So as you have no doubt guessed, this is a podcast where we discuss uh, recent weird news articles that maybe you're too uh, busy or lazy to Google for your own damn selves. So we outline... Uh, the weird stuff, but first, I would like to ask June. Yes. How's your week been? It's been a good week, actually. It's been uh, pretty relaxing. I have been playing video games less and working on my book more, so that's been exciting. Oh, that's good. Uh, 
how far are you like the last manuscript you sent me was what uh it was like i don't remember it being more than like 10 chapters right it was it was well under that i mean like okay so we're on multiple drafts at this point i'm not even sure what draft number this is but right now the draft that i'm working on um there's three sections each section has eight chapters four chapters in the past four chapters in the present i'm mostly happy with the first section and now i'm hammering out the second section um so i I, i'm remember uh reminded of um i think it was stephen king uh who said uh your first draft doesn't have to be good it just has to be done Yes. Yeah, that I yeah, I do. I have done a first draft and it's terrible and I hate it. But um, yeah, this draft I'm happy with. Uh, I've, I've started and like redone and rethought and like I was actually reading through some old notes recently about some of my story ideas. And I'm like, wow, this is bonkers and completely different than the direction I'm going with it for this draft. So that's uh yeah. I feel like I've done the same, but like when I, because I, I do comics that like I finish a page, it goes up online. Oh, yeah, I don't can. really get the retrospective. So it's like the most I have is the rough outline of where things are going and what the characters are supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Did you ever finish that? What was it? The Hella Lady or whatever it was? Uh, Hella, uh, book one or act one, I guess, is finished. Um, it's being re-uploaded right now since we, uh, migrated over to the new website. Uh I, I was just using it as an excuse to, uh, be able to upload one new page, uh, every week. So, like, see if anybody gets more interest in it. Yeah. Um, I think I, uh, penciled... Uh, I think I've got 10 or 15 pages of the next act uh, penciled, but I mean, that was around the time where we went on hiatus for everything. So the pencils are just kind of tucked away somewhere and I haven't, uh, I've been uh, redoubling my efforts on gamers comics. So Hella is taking a a backseat again. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got to follow the money gotta follow the money and it's also like hella is uh story driven whereas you know the gamers things all i have to do is make a joke about pokemon or (laughs) i have to draw one page jokes about uh uh, dungeons and dragons and then i'm done for a week so yeah yeah hella takes a lot more effort so i i i feel okay with taking my time with it Hmm. yeah that's good so uh this week's episode we are missing Haley again as we had mentioned at the top of this episode um but it's uh also uh, a good uh excuse to do a brand new revitalization we're going to do uh uh, what's what's the term when they uh, reboot when they reboot a series we're apparently going to reboot this because every news article that i found that was even a little bit interesting uh we discovered uh we've already covered something very similar to it in the past um nothing is new under the sun no there's nothing new um while there were a couple uh couple 
articles that were uh, interesting. They didn't have a lot of legs on them. Uh, like, for example, I came across an article where a four-year-old boy in Nor- Norwalk, Norwalk, not sure if I'm pronouncing that city correctly, uh, has a Costco-themed birthday party for some reasons. Hmm. Uh, kid just is obsessed with Costco. I mean, hmm. four-year-olds, they, they pick one thing that they're obsessed with, and that's <laughs> all they want to do. That's a bit strange. I've never heard of a Costco I, birthday party ever. I will admit, like, the fact that you can buy bags of potato chips that are bigger than my pillow is pretty epic. <laughs> um, I, I mean... I, I won't I won't argue that Costco's a magical place. We literally went to Costco to get hot dogs the other day. Like I mean they're they're a buck fifty for for a big Polish sausage. It's Yeah. I mean I I I do, yes. Costco if there was one closer to us, I think we would shop there more. Yeah, we would and the thing is we don't have a big freezer and they sell things oh, yeah. in such large amounts Massive, that it would be yeah. hard to actually eat the food before it goes bad so yeah if you've got like a family of five costco is your best friend when you're two people living in a condo uh it's it, we don't have them we have we have too much stuff already we don't have space <laughs> too to much keep. stuff not enough space yeah. yeah yeah it's a great store though it's just mm-hmm. yeah i'm I've never heard of someone I having mean, a birthday party about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to, like, what kinds of decorations do you have at a Costco-themed birthday party? Maybe you get a sign that says Costco and buy a bunch of stuff from Costco and eat Costco food. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, but what actually happened was the Costco warehouse uh, in the city shut down the food court so the kid could invite his friends and celebrate his party at the Costco. Oh. Uh, they even gave him a Costco hat and a Costco like employee badge. Huh. Um, wow! And I guess they had. Yeah, I guess that's. It's very odd. All uh, the corporate overlords. I mean, it's definitely one of those things. And considering that our last episode, we really went off on uh, capitalism just destroying art. So maybe this is this is the rebranding we need. Is maybe. yeah, Costco's great and it takes care of this four year old who wants to have his party. And we're definitely not going to talk about the fact that having a multi billion dollar corporation. Uh, paying their employees minimum wage when, you know, really there's enough profit to pay them well over that. And considering how grueling the work is and you have to deal with the worst human beings that exist, which are customers, I mean... See, gonna, I can't even fake it. <laughs> I'm going to lose my leftist cred by saying this. I'm not even necessarily anti-capitalism, but I do think that people need to pay a lot more attention to what capitalism actually is and what it does and, like, not sweep this stuff under the rug. Oh, I'm not... I'm yeah. not... Look, I love buying trash as much as the next person. Yes. I love being able to walk to a store and buy just pounds of uh, cake that were made that morning. And if they're not sold, they're going in the dumpster. (laughs) Like I I like being able to be frivolous, buy garbage, buy food. I shouldn't be eating Buy uh, technology and toys and plastic hat that I don't need. Like I'm, I'm on board the capitalism train, obviously, because I live in, 
North America. Yeah. But at the same time, we can do better and we should. It's not about losing your uh, your leftism. You're not you're not losing the sheen off the apple of that one, June. It's just kind of like this is the I, you, we live in a society. I you think, know, I think there's a way to have all of those things that I like and and spending all of the money on all of the shiny things without necessarily screwing over two thirds of the planet in the process. And that's. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm just saying unions are good. Uh, Everybody deserves to be making a lot more money. Uh, No more pipelines. We need more civil and workers' rights. Uh, Well, let's not talk pipelines, but anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we don't want to get too political because the, the, the goal this season is to find weird stuff and keep it light. Because otherwise, the depressing stuff comes All out. Right, we're and light and happy. We're, on, on that we're note, here to have fun. Let's, let's talk about that Cheeto story. Speaking of old things, new again. So we definitely, definitely, definitely talked about the Flamin' Hot Cheetos movie. I know that we talked about it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just when the script was floating around, right? No, I thought it was like the guy himself became famous because he was an immigrant uh, and he was a janitor at the Cheetos plant somewhere. Yes. And like basically made his own Cheetos concoction using just ingredients that were around for other things. And it turned out to be the most delicious flavor of Cheetos in the known world. Yes. Uh, so the movie is is uh, well underway for production. Uh, Eva Longoria has uh, landed the directing gig, gig for the Flaming Hot Cheetos biopic. Um, my complaint is that uh, every every time I see this article, it is just like the the headline is always. Uh, director found for Cheetos movie or whatever. Because we definitely made a joke about uh, it being like the life and times of Chester Cheetah, right? Oh, yes. I know we we did. Uh, Because they were talking about a Cheetos biopic. And so the jokes abound were about how Chester Cheetah got his life together after... Uh, crippling drug addiction or something. I can't remember the jokes we made, but... Um, he he yeah, definitely it, has a, a problem with substance abuse. Uh, with his I mean, his obsession. Yeah. It, I, no normal person would describe uh, a thing that they like as being dangerously adjective, you know? Yeah. Like, I... I I like video games, uh, but it does worse for me to say say that these are these are dangerously addictive video games, and I am spending dangerously too much money on microtransactions. Um, not exactly a <laughs> not exactly the way you want to phrase your love for a thing. No. Yeah. Um... The Trix Rabbits didn't say he was dangerously obsessed with this kid's cereal. Yeah, I think they were just going for edge, but... Um, when did Cheetos come out? I don't know. <laughs> I remember when I was in uh, junior high. 
Like those those commercials were were contemporary to me being in junior high. Uh, yeah, I remember going to the convenience store in the nineties um, and having the clerk get mad at having so many teenagers in the store. And then, like, actually made us come in ten at a time, which nobody followed. Um, no. And also, this was the nineties. There was no, there was no other place for kids to hang out. Then a convenience and, store. No, that that was it. Yeah, they yeah. they they hadn't because got everybody around. watched Clerks at that point. Yeah, the the yeah. internet existed, but like barely. So yeah, we we were all really bored. Um, Children today, like, boredom is a thing that you maybe don't fully understand, but, like, it's it's the feeling when there's nothing to do with your time, or at least nothing yeah. interesting. And then what we would do is we would sit around and stare at each other. Like, that, that bit in The Little Mermaid uh, with uh, the seagull. Um, yeah, no, he was he was spot on with that. And then we invented yeah. the, the, the Dinglehopper, and life was good. Um... The Dingle Hopper. Which one was that? Uh, I think it was the fork that he used as a hairbrush. Ah. Uh, see, I don't know so much about the boredom element of it, but I do... No, no, you know what? You're spot on. <laughs> you're, you're 100% correct. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't like an all-the-time thing, but, you know, there, there were definitely periods where I would be like sitting there being like, what, what should I do with my time? And now it's like, okay, I have two dozen things I could be doing. What do I actually want to do? And now it's like, I want to go for a walk by the river and just unclutter my head. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's I'll watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the 30th time like the big old piece of shit I am. But it's, Hey, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a quality show. Um, it's it's a quality show, yeah. but uh, it's supposed to. It's not. It's not supposed to be the thing that I do every single night when there's hundreds upon hundreds of movies I want to see and books that I have. I've got a stack of new manga that I haven't read. I am so far behind on uh, My Hero Academia. It is criminal. Have um, they have they released the latest season? I don't know. Like I got Crunchyroll, and I never know. If I'm missing out on, like, stuff that's on Funimation, there's too many streaming services. There's too many streaming services. But uh, let's uh, just wrap up this article. Uh, My biggest complaint is that uh, it's... You guys are doing a bad job with your your titles because the... uh, And also, this first line, the CNN, uh, this is kind of like one of those snide backhanded things because the first line here says Eva Longoria is taking on an interesting project I can feel the sarcasm in your words person who wrote this at the CNN entertainment yeah that's that's kind of a judgy sentence like yeah it's super judgy considering that the uh the movie currently I guess titled Flaming Hot maybe that's a working title but it is a biopic about Richard uh Montañez, I believe is it, it's pronounced, uh, who was a Frito-Lay janitor and Mexican immigrant who created the spicy, flaming hot Cheetos snack and became famous within the food industry. That is a super cool idea because, I mean, you get the coming to America story, the, the immigrant story, the taking on a job that 
you know, people assume that you're going to take because you're an immigrant. Like the downtrodden story is great. And then he creates one of the best freaking snacks on the planet. Um, you're, you're being a judgy piece of crap, the CNN entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he tries to like kind of walk it back a bit when he's like, to her credit, Longoria was up against multiple directors for the job. However, like the line to her credit is like, you're clearly walking back from what is overt condescension with a line like that. Like, you know, to, to say a line to her credit indicates, you know, full well that what you've said thus far is not complimentary. <laughs> Yeah, but also, I mean, his paper writing is terrible as well, because this following, that following line here, she reportedly had an original take on Montaigne's disrupting the food industry with his crunchy treat. Yeah, yeah. The article's just not well written. Newspapers, you are, uh, you deserve to be replaced with the internet. It's much more convenient, and people who actually have good uh writing chops are taking your job and that's the way it should have been to begin with yep june would would you like to tell me about this story that i know we covered uh from another uh thing yes speaking of old things being new again so uh world of warcraft classic has launched recently um and there's a few things that aren't necessarily in the article but i still find kind of fascinating uh the fact that the Okay, so World of Warcraft came out in what, 2000, I want to say four or 2006? I forget exactly. Was it 2006? I, I never played World of Warcraft, so I have you, I'm going to adhere to your uh, expertise uh, on this one. I should know this. Anyways, we're going to say mid 2000s. Um, so at one point it had over 10 million players, and recently those numbers have waned. Ha. Uh, And a lot of the complaints have been like, oh, it's just not what it used to be. And and it's too watered down and it's too, you know, this, that and the other, etc. And I mean, it's hard to pinpoint exactly like where the game is, is not maybe what people think it could be. And I don't I don't personally play it, haven't played it in years. So I don't I don't really know enough about it to comment. But I do find it really fascinating that. Uh, Blizzard, the developer who makes it, decided to launch the version of the game that was more or less available at launch, or at least I think it's patch 1.02 or something, so like just a few months after launch, after they'd ironed out some of the early bugs, so a very, very early version of the game. Um, And people are loving it like it is it is doing extremely well way better than expected and apparently i read i read somewhere that like uh as far as like simultaneous players on at one given time it's actually beaten previous records which i i I haven't been able to verify that but it's still pretty fascinating to me that like you know this question of has the game been too watered down has it been made like too you know, appealing to like the lowest common denominator, i.e. the laziest players. And the success of WoW Classic is like, maybe there's something to that. Um, But one thing I find particularly interesting is the fact that it's so popular that people are actually having to line up for quest mobs. And they're actually doing it. Like there's all these pictures of nice, neat, orderly lines and 
anybody that jumps the line gets like booed and called out. And so like you just, yeah, there's there's like screenshot after screenshot of like long patient lines waiting for people to just step up and kill a monster and then go on their way. And yeah, it seems really fun. Um, but some of the stuff I have been reading about World of Warcraft vanilla or classic is that the game does a lot of things that force you to be social. Um, you know, as opposed to now World of Warcraft, it's set up in such a way that you don't really have to talk to anyone ever if you don't want to. You can mostly level without talking to anybody. Even when you're in a dungeon, you can use the dungeon finder, show up in the dungeon with a group of randos, and not say a word to them and still clear the dungeon. Whereas uh, War- Warcraft Classic, uh, there's no dungeon finder. You have to, you know, get people together and actually go to a dungeon and plan it out ahead of time. Getting to yeah. the dungeon itself is much more difficult uh, as opposed to just, you know, being magically teleported to the dungeon. You have to actually get your character there and the dungeons are often surrounded by like high level mobs. So just just getting there, like you need a full party and you need to move fairly quickly. Otherwise the mobs will respawn. Um, And then playing it on a PVP server is even more tense because uh, there will always be enemy players looking around waiting to pick off, you know, a, uh, a person traveling by themselves. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually reminded of two articles now. So the, the waiting in line thing, we did an article uh about when division right uh yeah i i I don't remember that but it does it does sound familiar division had a lot of launch problems Um, so division uh is a memoir picker that's not really a memoir picker is that right it, it it they they kept saying it wasn't an MMO, but it was clearly an MMO. The term that now seems to be used is looter shooter. I mean that was used for. I mean that was a, just a bunch of run and gun games ages ago. It, it's the 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 main thing is you play with a massive amount of multiplayers in a single server, so it's an MMO. It's massively multiplayer online. I don't know why why the distinction is so hard for companies to make, but um, when Division launched, uh, the characters, the actual player avatars in the game, had physics. They they were solid, uh, solid objects, oh, so yeah. you could grief people just by standing in a door and refusing to move, and they can't move your character out of the way. If you're doing it in like uh, a peace zone where you can't kill other players, they you they can't get through the door you're blocking. Yeah, um, they did they did fix that eventually. This this is different actually. Like World of Warcraft, um, there's uh, characters can walk right through each other. So the fact that people are forming like neat orderly lines and waiting patiently for people ahead of them to kill the monster is actually really impressive. Um, well, it, the the similarity though is that people started forming lines because yeah. everybody would have the same spawn area. Everyone would have to go to the same thing to set up the, their character and start the questing routes and everything. <clears throat> but because they had, uh, because they were physical objects, if everybody crowded 
the person in the front couldn't couldn't move out of the way of the other players uh, and the people that were behind them were keeping them pinned to the place that they were so queues were formed and I, like we talked we talked about having a nice orderly line to complete quests and stuff um, but I'm actually also reminded we did a classic World of Warcraft story ages ago with the hidden server uh, that was still running uh, like oh, yeah, patch yeah. 1.4 or something like that, right? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I remember that. Seriously, we are doing we are doing a greatest hits episode. That is exactly what this is. Um, but yeah, it goes to show that like even though the game you know this was from 10 years ago and a lot has changed there was a lot of really really solid design elements that have since been lost which i find interesting i don't know i like i like game design anything that people complain about uh from the classic build has been uh in the patch notes they do refer to it as literally a feature not a bug this is what people wanted to play yeah this is the way the game ran originally if you don't like it this is what you were rallying for yeah totally and i mean like there's always things that you think oh well it'd be a little bit better if they did this and it'd be a little bit better if they did that and like i i can see that argument but obviously like there's there's something about the alchemy that they had for classic that appeals to people in a way that like the current iteration isn't quite and i don't know maybe it's just like a novelty thing it it remains to be seen like does this popularity last like does it stay consistently more popular than the current version of the game which would be kind of hilarious if that was the case yeah i mean but at the same time i feel like a lot of this is probably um i mean it's rose tinted I mean, this is what we, this is exactly what we talked about when when the hidden server was found. Yeah, because we were talking about. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure you just straight up said, just release a version of the game that's vanilla World of Warcraft for the people who still like that. And I said it's rose tinted glasses because people remember liking it because it was the thing that it was, and it was completely different and new and unique the time it came out. Yeah. But, you know, going back to that, you're going to not you're not you're not going to love it because there were things that annoyed you with that game. You just remember it being great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and then I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, in like we'll have to come back to this in a few months to see if it's still doing really well or if people have like, OK, that was a fun waste of time. Now back to, you know, real World of Warcraft. The, yeah. the thing that they wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it part of like the same server? I, I actually haven't been able to figure that out. What do you mean? Like, can you play on your server and then you go to like a bar in game and they're like, "Hey, talk to me if you want to go back to the old days," and they like does a flashy animation and then you're you spawn into like vanilla World of Warcraft, or is it like two distinct games? You have to play on a separate server. You can't like carry over your stuff. Oh yeah, as far as I know, they're they are basically different games. Like I know that you get oh, access yeah. to it with your normal subscription, but I think it's yeah, like it's a separate. I think they use the same launcher, 
from what I understand, I, like I said, I don't, I don't have this, but I believe they use the same launcher, but you like choose, I want to launch, you know, Battle for Azeroth or I want to launch Classic and you pick which one you want to launch and Classic has its completely own separate servers. Items are not transferable between one and the others. Um, Cause yeah, like there are some differences and a lot of them, like they do make the game longer and more tedious, but also more interesting in a lot of ways. Um, like, you know, gold, as an example, gold is almost pointless the only currency? in yeah. not like um, almost pointless, but like gold is really easy to come by in BFA and not, you know, like some things are expensive, but most things you can get pretty easily in classic. Even when you were a top level character, um, even when you were a top level character who was fairly well geared and had a high level profession, gold was still difficult to come by, especially if you wanted some of the recipes for some of the higher end items. Like you, you still had you still had to grind for stuff, even if you were well set up as a character. Yeah, this yeah. is where gold farming became a thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think like one of the reasons gold has devalued so much is because of Blizzard's efforts to combat gold farming and the most effective way they found to do it is to just make gold easier Devalue to come by. Devalue it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, the hits just keep on rolling. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, didn't want to uh, jump. I didn't want to get too deep in this. I didn't actually send you this article. Oh. It's just another one I came across while I was uh, dredging. Yes. I guess. Uh, but uh, remember when we talked about the Flat Earth Convention? Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're picking up. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, just more of this Flat Earth ridiculous stuff. Hey, uh, just to everyone who is within the sound of my voice, it's a sphere. It is round. It is not flat. Literally, physics dictate the requirement for the Earth to be round. Carolyn, do you want to jump on this? You're a scientist. Oh, Car- Carolyn had oh. To, to, to run away. Oh, she, had, um, she had to step away? Yes. Okay. But do you Josh, want to st- step in? Huh? Well, okay, <laughs> first, Josh, I just want to know, like, how much money did NASA give you to say that? You, you lying sellout, you. Look, how the amount of money NASA's paying me is neither here nor there. It's definitely not here, so it must be somewhere over there because the amount is zero. No, um, I, I was on an airplane and I took a level with me and I actually proved conclusively <laughs> that the Earth is definitely 100% flat. Um, I got out I got out my binoculars on the airplane and I had a good long look at, at London, which I could clearly see from the airplane. Um, oh, for sure. As, as well as China, which was also perfectly visible from the airplane. Because I was high enough up and I had binoculars. Clearly, so uh, clearly, June is being facetious because the Earth is round. The article I just came across, though, is that uh, uh, one person threatened to kill another person over a $10,000 bet that the Earth is flat. Um, the argument is pretty much that uh, these two people who've known each other for a long time got in an argument whether or not the earth is round or flat. Uh, one uh, 
very intelligent uh, person in this conversation says the earth is flat because I believe it's flat. To which the other person responded, I bet you $10,000 that it's not. Right? Okay. So they uh, shake hands, agree to on the bet. the the um person just said well then pay me ten thousand dollars because i believe the earth is flat and therefore it is flat you have to pay me the money stellar logic basically uh we know the earth is round for a multitude of reasons one of which being that it has to be like i said physics dictate that it would need to be round in order did i say flat sorry shit i'm confusing myself physics dictate that the earth is round because it has to be for gravity to work the way that it works if it were flat people would experience less gravity on the edges of a flat earth than than people do in the center of a flat earth i mean the 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 roundness of the earth is kind of axiomic like it's inherently obvious i can see how like ancient peoples might have been confused especially if you didn't do a lot of traveling if you didn't have like a fairly solid understanding of you know even geopolitics if you spent your whole life just working on a farm i can i can see a person like that believing that the earth is flat uh in in an era where like you know, I I know that there is a London. I know that there is an Australia. Yeah. I know that that there are these places with stuff happening, and I have traveled enough. Like there there is no way that the Earth is not round. It is it just just from my own experience, just from having like seen the freaking horizon from altitude. Like, anyways. And the other thing is that if if you like if you think the Earth is flat. You are ignoring 2,000 years, over 2,000 years of accumulated knowledge. Okay. okay. thousand what, years watch, ago, we, we know that it's right. Watch a ship <laughs> sail away over the horizon, right? The, the mast is the last thing to disappear. It is the first thing to see when it's coming back. Um, this simply would not be the case if the Earth was flat. Done. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. if the Earth Earth was flat, flat, the last thing you would see would be the thing with the greatest width, the yes. greatest size, right? Yeah. So the it, mass would be the first thing that you would no longer be able to see as it gets further away from you. Whereas yeah. when it starts when it starts crossing the horizon line, you are seeing it slowly lower from eye level because the earth is round. Yeah, that like there there has to be a curvature there. So like even if even if you want to argue that the earth is flat, it's still at the very least if you want to go there still has to be like a bubble shape. Like there there has to be a roundness to the planet. But yeah, anyways. It has to be a curve. Yeah. So point is dude is going to kill this guy because he refuses to pay him $10,000 from a bet. That, so this this is I the mean, flat earther threatening to kill the other the, guy. Yeah, the flat earther because, like I said, stellar logic and you know top notch reasoning over the appropriate uh, reaction to a disagreement. I just um, I I oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> it it's it's terrible. It's frustrating. But but again, greatest hits and our greatest hit was <laughs> laughing at a flat earth 
convention where they got flat earthers from all around the globe to come into one place. It's one of those things that it's like, it's funny when you first hear it and becomes less funny when you realize that these people are like really actually super serious about it. And it's not just like a couple of people doing it for shits and giggles or who just, you know, aren't quite with it. Like the fact that somebody's threatening to kill somebody else over a bet where they were clearly being taken advantage of. Like I'm sure the person who made the bet was never expecting to get $10,000. And never expecting to pay if we proved that the world is round. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is we have an abundance of proof in the way of physics and physical proof uh, in the way of satellites wouldn't work if they weren't in orbit around a sphere. The, my favorite it's, is Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is his own problematic subject, apparently. Yes. But uh, he did post a picture of uh, the moon with like what a solar eclipse would look like if the Earth was flat. And it had like this, like um, basically a line instead of a circular shadow. And it's like, yeah, if the Earth was flat, this is what a solar eclipse would look like. And it's like, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, very, like, the thing is that it's very easy to derail all of those arguments just because, you know, the science exists. This is free information. Like I said, it's over uh, over 2,000 years of accumulated knowledge from when we were, when we were first starting to know to write shit down to now when we have computers in our hands where we can look up any amount of information like you're 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 choosing to discount literally all of the information for a reason that nobody has been able to accurately explain what the conspiracy is exactly just that the earth is flat and they don't want you to know that but there's as far as I know, they don't have an agreed upon model for what the Earth actually does look like. Like, apparently there's contention over, are we surrounded by, like, a giant ice wall, or does it just fall off like a waterfall, or... I, I don't I don't know. Um, uh, we can talk about this for ages, and I'm sure, yeah. you know what, maybe, maybe we'll do, like, a full flat Earth discussion podcast. That, that won't fuck up our metrics at all, but... Um, Actually, that might be fun. Uh, let's say when we hit uh, episode 50, we will do a Flat Earth episode, like, exclusively. Well, it just raises so many questions. Like, okay, so let's let's say that the Earth is flat. What What is it? What is it? on like what's what's below the earth is it is it just i told space? you june it's <laughs> turtles all the way down <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah no but i mean like the like what do these people actually think like how do you how do you view the cosmos if if the earth is flat then is we're like- gonna have to dig into the weird parts of the internet to do this episode, but I, I am going to put it to you as a challenge. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it off mic, uh, with Haley and maybe we can get Matt to come in, uh, for this because it's very fun to watch him lose his mind over that. Okay. Um, we will, we will figure out what do flat earthers actually believe. 
Yeah, we will do a whole expose episode and maybe we'll put it at like our, our episode 50 extravagance or maybe we'll wait till like episode 100 or something. But uh, we we will come back to that because here's another uh, greatest hit. Uh, remember when everybody was up in arms about it being weird for Mario to have nipples in... Uh, uh, what well, what game was that? Odyssey. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because he had like a, there was a swimsuit level. Wear yes. a su- yeah, swimsuit, and he's got his his Italian nipples out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was a other article about people uh realizing how huge Luigi's dick is. Yep. Just the the swingingest uh, Italian salami on that because of a advert from Mario Aces, I think, uh, that had a very conspicuous shadow in Luigi's shorts. And then I think Game Theory did the math to measure how long he would have been in comparison to his body, which... Yeah, that I mean, people got too much time on their hands. Uh, Well... Everyone is appalled by Wario's poor excuse for nipples. Uh, thank you, the AV Club news. The AV Club, I think. Yeah. Um, so this week, the official Twitter account of Sega posted a four-minute clip of the upcoming Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Uh, the video shows off some new gameplay from the upcoming Nintendo Switch title that looks pretty fun. There is a mode uh, to play the Olympic Games from 1964, the last time Tokyo hosted the Olympics, that is tinged in an 8-bit and 16-bit aesthetic. Very nice. Uh, lots of different uh, sports uh, featuring the Sonic characters and the Mario characters. Um says here, uh, the trailer, uh, for some reason, provides you with a, shirt, uh, uh, a view of shirtless Wario, and Wario does not appear to have very much nipples. Um, so basically, the reaction on the internet varies between he is smooth like a Ken doll, and why doesn't he have, have some tits? Mario Mario got fully rendered tits where uh Wario's fully rendered uh boob hats so the the trailer has him next to uh Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik whichever he goes by these days I guess um he's standing also shirtless next to Wario uh so these Two very nice round boys, uh, comfortable in their body, uh, wave into the crowd saying hello. Uh, Robotnik has clearly defined visible nipples, where Wario uh, has no real discoloration. I mean, I can kind of see some nipple. I can't believe I'm spending this much time describing this picture of a shirtless Wario. Is this just because this, like, makes everybody's sexually charged fan art no longer accurate? Like, what's... What am I supposed to be getting out of this? June, help me, please. I... I, I'm already, like... 
I'm I'm more like curious just how long did it take to shave? Really? Like <laughs> Oh, you expect him to be a bear. Well, I mean, like, okay, so they're swimming. So it, it would make sense that, that they would shave, but it's like, yeah, like the level of personal grooming required to get to this state is I mean where, Did you want him to you, have like zigzaggy zigzaggy chest hair like above his nipples like little eyebrows oh that that would be perfect um <laughs> but yes no this is this is clearly a well of madness um i i got nowhere to go with this one okay i will say this june because i know that uh you have uh uh little to no interest in men whatsoever i i think it's important to uh put this thought into your brain as your friend they probably didn't shave. Wario seems like the, ty- the type of dude who would wax. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're, also, you are correct. Yeah. Why don't we get any chest hair? Uh, I mean, I, I get that Mario had no chest hair, and when Link woke up in his isolation pod, uh, he was smooth like a river otter. Uh, which they're they're swimming. It it makes sense that if you're swimming, you're gonna you're gonna get rid of the body hair. That that actually I, I, I get that. Yeah, but this is a video game. I kind of want like why not just render like you put so much effort into making those uh, uh, graphics programs that have like the intricately like the the hair mechanics that Laura Croft had in that one game where every strand of hair was animated individually like why can't you do that with with Wario so you can just see like his back hair trailing behind him smooth <laughs> and flowing in the pool like is he going to turn around maybe that maybe he's smooth up front but just like it's a bear like a bear rug on the back where it's you know that that would be brilliant <laughs> if they did that i i would give serious props if that was the thing um dr robotnik should be as hairy as uh, austin power baby yeah groovy groovy I, I agree. Yeah, you don't get to have a mustache like that. Like, they both have epic mustaches. And, well, maybe that's why his name is Dr. Eggman. I don't know. Okay. That wasn't a funny joke. Smooth let's, like an egg. Yes. Let's move on to other stories. Uh, the one other one I wanted to just briefly mention, because it's hilarious, is the man who had his car stolen while he was busy robbing a store. That's just That's just cosmic poetry in motion. There's not a lot for us to go here. And again, this isn't exactly one of our greatest hit, uh, greatest hits but i know for a fact we have talked about instant karma stories before yes. somebody does something shitty something shitty happens to them nearly immediately afterwards so it's like the that convalescence of like you had it coming it yeah like i know we've talked about those before but this one is a little different so June, give us the rundown. Okay, so basically, he he walks into the store, and as he's robbing it, uh, somebody steals his car. He goes outside, and then realizes his car was stolen. So then he goes back into the store, and he apologizes to the clerk, and he's like, dude, my car was just stolen, can I use your phone? And the clerk's like, buddy, you just robbed me. And the guy's like, okay, fine, fine, I'll give you the cash back, I really need to use your phone, is, is how the story played out. As I Which, see. yeah, um, I mean, props on the guy. Like you have to, you have to got some like 
some big swinging Thatchers to to pull that, you know, like rob someplace and then walk back and be like, I need to call a cab. <laughs> like, you gotta be ballsy, I'm saying. Uh, actually, the real story is that he called the police to report that his car had been stolen. And so the police came to investigate. Um, and uh, basically the person oh, who stole his car- Oh, there was a car- camera, wasn't there? Pardon? There was a camera showing him rob the place, wasn't there? Uh, well, sort of. So yeah, like the first, the first thing they noticed was that it's because he left his keys in the car that the car was stolen. So it's kind of his own fault, really. Um, and then, like as they were reviewing the footage, they also saw him robbing the store across the street, and they're like, "Really? Why? Why would you call us?" <laughs> yeah, because he can't be tried. Twi- he can't be tried. For a crime he was committing, when a crime was cr- committed against him, that's double jeopardy. I think I haven't seen the movie. No, that that's that's pretty much how it works. Yeah, as long as long as as long as somebody commits a crime against you while you're committing a crime, your crime doesn't count. It's totally yeah, how it that, works. That's like yeah. if if you steal something from somebody who stole that thing from somebody else, you can't be charged with the crime because the the thing was already stolen. You're just re reappropriating the stolen material. Exactly. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to our law podcast. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Books and Gavels, uh, featuring me, uh, Joshua Esquire Scudsworth III, and my uh, legal aide and personal best friend slash counsel, uh, June... The 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 most honorable June, June Juniper, Juniper, the honorable, uh, <laughs> Juniper Claire Luna, uh, <laughs> yes, this, uh, this bit is yes. running out of steam. Come on, bring it home. I believe in you. Awesome. Uh, so what uh what do you want to recommend this week, Josh? Oh, oh, uh, thank you for, so much for asking. I, I never, I'm, I'm never asked first. Um, you caught me at a disadvantage because I have done nothing of note for the past week. Oh. So I don't, uh, I, I don't really have, oh, we did buy Detective Pikachu since it's on DVD or it's on Blu-ray. Uh, it is such a good movie. We, we're, it, we've watched it already. We bought it like yesterday, and um, we watched it as soon as we got home. What uh, would you like to uh, recommend All to right. people so to check out? I actually restarted my um, Amazon Prime subscription specifically to watch The Boys, which is just like French Kiss, uh, realistic and gritty superheroes done right. Like. Sorry. Sorry, did you say French kiss? I think you mean chef kiss. Chef kiss, that's the one. <laughs> that's um. <laughs> those are very two very di- different uh, Sorry, different chef things. Kiss. <laughs> chef kiss, not French kiss. Although no, it's uh, it's excellent. Like it's one of those things where I'm I'm kind of done with gritty realism for the sake of gritty realism especially since like a lot of times gritty realism just means that it's like dark and really unpleasant things happen 
and that's it. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to say. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of really unpleasant things happen in this show, and it definitely goes to some really dark places, but it it actually explores these ideas really, really intelligently. Like, you know, talking about capitalism, the show definitely has some opinions on capitalism. Uh, it definitely has an idea of you know, how the corporate world works and how that would interact with real life superheroes. superheroes. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if superheroes were a thing that existed, what part would corporations actually play in that? And it is, it is pretty spot on. I feel um, there, there's a superhero team called the seven and it is basically the justice league. And to, you know, the general public at large to just your average Joe on the street, uh, they are the Justice League. You've got your not Superman character, you've got not Wonder Woman, you've got not Batman, etc. Um, and to the general public, they look exactly the way that these characters do to us reading the comics. Um, but then you get to know them and you realize that they are all very self-centered, very psychologically and emotionally damaged, um, they do and say reprehensible things mainly because they can. Um, yeah. And what are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna go. Uh, you're gonna sue Superman? Come on. Yeah. No. And that's that's yeah. actually like a major plot point is that yeah. a person has a grievance against a superhero, and basically the corporation writes them a check. And says, yeah, here's the money because we feel bad and, you know, we understand that this is difficult, but we don't have to give you anything. And then the character's like, wait, this is an NDA. Like, you you just don't want me to talk about it. And they're basically giving... They offer him $45,000 not to talk about it, which, you know, to, like, people in our economic bracket, yeah, that's a lot of money. To these corporations where, you know, like, a million-dollar loss is an inconvenience, $45,000 is insulting. Um, Um, Yeah. No, I'm familiar with this because I did actually read the comic books, which is why I... I'm so I'm tempted to watch it, but I'm also like apparently they toned it down from the subject matter. Well, I I I imagine they would have had to because the comics were pretty terrible. Um, But I was a teenager, and so dark and gritty was kind of the thing, you know. Yeah, I'm curious to check out the comics just because I've heard they're like. Like, really, like, apparently the show finds that perfect balance of, like, it's dark and it's, you know, definitely, like, there's there's a few shocker moments. Um, I, I don't I don't want to spoil any of them, but there's, there's like, there's moments that actually did make me sick. Um, but it, it makes sense in context and the show explores that in a very thoughtful way. Um, like, you know, sometimes in shows, they'll just do something horrible for the shock value and then they'll just leave it. Um, in the yeah, show- Yeah, they, they won't actually explore it. Yeah, in the show, like it actually, you know, delves into the ramifications of these horrible things. 
uh, which is like, yeah, there's there's a horrible thing that happens in the first episode that basically becomes the catalyst for everything that happens afterwards. And this horrible thing, you can see that it affects the protagonist very deeply. Like they they are the show constantly reminds you that this person was was very very much affected by this horrible thing that happened so i i do think i i know what that is i won't spoil it because again i i read the comics so i'm sure i know what uh what part you're talking about yeah um it is hard to say that there is a protagonist because the point of the comic is nobody nobody comes out of this clean it's just you know what what shade of gray do you want to end up at the end yeah of it? That's and i mean of, by I protagonist mean, i mean pov characters so there's there's kind of two pov characters there's the he's like just a hapless guy um who apparently in the comics he is literally modeled off of um simon Pegg. like that was uh, yeah they drew him yeah, to look I, like simon Pegg. And in the show, Simon Pegg actually plays his dad, which I thought was cool. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, he's basically a hapless guy who a superhero does a bad, and he basically spends the series trying to find some kind of justice for that. Um, uh, and, and in the comic, he's offered a job to join the boys, who are the ones that uh, reel in the superheroes again when they're getting a little too big for themselves yeah in the show it's not really like an official organization it's more just like a a ragtag group of people who each have their own grievances with superheroes um there isn't like an official organization but that's more or less the comics Uh, i just i remember that they they had funding uh from someone so it was tech it was like a off the books real organization oh yeah no, there's, no, there's getting, no funding in this they, they, they just okay. decide uh the other pov character who i understand is not in the comic books is a superhero called starlight and they kind of play her off as um like what if beauty pageants but with superheroes so she grew no, up the characters in there oh, okay yeah she yeah she grew up go, doing like the the superhero pageant circuit um, and then gets a job on the seven on the Justice League um, and is all like bright eyed and bushy tailed and optimistic. And then like right off the bat, finds out that they're actually kind of awful. They're gross and awful. No, that's uh, that is actually one of the through lines of the comics. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's uh, like the other POV character. Yeah. We have to wrap up because it is very dark in my office. It is uh, almost nine. So uh, I'm not going to run through everything. You know where to find stuff on the internet. If you just go to scudsworth.com, all of our stuff is there. Social media, uh, our Patreon, if you want. No pressure. We just ask for you to rate and review. And if you find value in this podcast, if you thought this episode was particularly funny or weird, maybe retweet us. That would be awesome of you. June. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, no, that was fun. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thank you. If you listen, thanks for listening. If you didn't listen, thanks for nothing. Allow us to play you out.
Hello. Hello. It's Josh. And Kamala. And we want to invite you to listen to our podcast, What We're Into. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, it's a date night podcast uh, where two 30-year-olds uh, talk about things they like because we have, like, no free time, so, like, we don't really get to talk to each other or anything. So uh, we take the time to sit down and uh, talk about the fun things that we like to watch and listen to and read. Uh, So you can check out our podcast every Tuesday and maybe you'll hear us talk about things like Pokemon and Stardew Valley or Star Trek or any other anime or manga series and just a bunch of nerd shit basically pretty much yeah (laughs) so go to scudsworth.com you can find it there or find us on uh, iTunes and other yeah it's not your first day on the internet just go just type in what we're into Scudsworth you'll find it I I believe in you I believe in you too we love you love you Bye. bye